Welcome to Power Your Profits podcast, your friendly guide in bringing your business revenue to the next level. Listen as host Susie Carter hears inspiring stories of success from her fellow entrepreneurs and transformational leaders. Prepare to make significant change to your strategies as they unravel the secrets of building multi-million dollar businesses and the most effective tips on finance, marketing, and sales accountability. If you want to make your first step towards explosive business growth, this is the right podcast for you. Without further ado, here is your host, Susie. Welcome to this episode of Power Your Profit. I am your host, Susie Carter, and I am so excited that you're here today. Remember, wealth is your birthright, and I have a special guest, Nan McKay. She's currently the president and board of directors for Nan Kay and Associates, a corporation she founded in 1980, which now has 10 offices across the country. Nan is the founder of Nan McKay Connects and has conducted over 200 interviews of women who are seasoned and over 50. She was selected as 2019 California Women in Business Owner of the Year and has two buildings named after her. We're going to talk today about launching your business, growing your business, building your wealth in what we call the golden age, or as she refers it to, dino baby. So please welcome my guest, Nan McKay. I'm so excited about this episode, Nan. Thank you for being here. Thank you for all you do in the world. So let's tell everyone, who do you serve and what is your magic? I focus on women over 50, since I am one of those. (laughs) We can talk about that. It's somebody that I really like to feature and work with. And I think if I can make life a little bit easier for women over 50, then I need to do it. Yes. And how do we make it easier for them? What's the niche that you're in? How can you help us women over 50? I am too. I have joined the club as well. (laughs) I am working with people on starting a business, growing their business, as many people are. But I'm trying to focus on a couple of areas like how to develop a YouTube channel. I thought I was going to tear my hair off developing that channel for me. And I've developed it several times. So I found a way to make it really easy for people. And I'm even going to be doing setup perhaps in the future. I'll tell you more about it, but it's kind of trying to find the little tips and tricks of things that I've done and put them into an easy format. Yes, we love easy, right? Let's shorten that learning curve. That's my, I'm going to pay for an expert to help me shorten that learning curve. (laughs) And so what do you think the five entrepreneurial secrets to success are for women over 50? Well, I've thought about it. And I think for me, number one is entrepreneurship is, I guess I call it a balancing act between passion and production. So being an entrepreneur isn't easy. It's hard work. And you have to be willing to work the 24-7. If it's yours and you love it, then you just kind of immerse yourself in the process. I often, I guess, come up for air about 6 p.m., no matter what day it is, whether it's Saturday or Sunday or whatever it is, come up about 6 p.m. And I wonder, where in the heck did the day go? I never count the hours. If I need a break, I just go take one. Bottom line is, I'm really in charge of my day and my destiny. We all know that running a business takes determination and perseverance. So you've got to have that as your basis. 
But the freedom and flexibility that comes with it is marvelous. So number two, I would say the leadership of your team is really key to your success. I had a business that I started in 1980, which is still going and now has about 2,000 employees. I have had a lot of staff and supervised staff. I've also taught executive management classes for many years. And I particularly like Ken Blanchard's situational leadership theory. It's about using directive or supportive behavior according to the competence and confidence level of the employee. And so the idea is if you can figure out what is the competence and confidence level, you can use the right supervisory style with that particular employee. I think if you can develop your people and trust them to do their job, then you just are realizing that, hey, your team can make you or break you. So I'd say my number two is give them what they need to make them successful. Number three, I think a lot of entrepreneurs are really great at the startup functions, but Mm -hmm. not always the best person. And you may find this familiar to you to grow the business. They're often a high D on the disc profile, which means they're risk takers, they're task oriented, and they're competitive. They may make decisions quickly, but often they don't gather enough information or facts prior to the decision making. And they tend to get bored easily and have the shiny object syndrome where they jump from one thing to another without giving the first thing enough time to really play out. I don't know if that's familiar to you, but I'm guessing it is. What do you think? (laughs) Well, I've been doing this for 30 years, so I've built the muscle called all the other things you have to do. In the beginning, for sure, I was squirrel, sparkle. (laughs) (laughs) Right, there's an amazing team around me to do all the things that I don't like. And still, I hire really smart people to be able to do the things I don't want to do or I shouldn't be doing, right? I look at what's the highest income producing activity only I can do and focus my time on that and let someone else do build my funnels, let somebody else manage my social media calendar, let somebody else manage my ads, all the things I don't like to do. Because you feel if you don't, then you're spending your time on all these other activities that are not going to get you where you need to be. So I think if you can recognize your own behavioral style and switch over to the positive side of things and get out of your own way, if that's necessary, and sometimes it is. I think the fourth thing I would say is this one, you can do it. Yes. It may not turn out like you expected. So I think it's important to keep your options open. Don't change just to change because a lot of us can deal with change and almost like change, but I think it's important to think it out and even write it out. If you can flush out the ideas that you have to give your thoughts a structure, then I think you can be more successful. And remember, the devil is in the details. (laughs) And number five, enjoy what you do. Recognize and appreciate your expertise. When I say that, we all have expertise. So think about what is that for me and then do what you do best and then mix it with what you love. I love that. 
That's juicy, juicy, juicy. So let's talk about there's so many people and in this age group, a lot of people left their jobs, early retirement or decided they got released from their jobs, been furloughed. So, so many people are struggling now. And with the pandemic, what's been your secret sauce to stay awake and stay in action? Okay, I'm going to give you a a broad range on this one, because first, let's talk about kind of what has happened and why are we where we are. I've really been giving this a whole lot of thought, because when I'm working with women over 50, I think it's important to find out the why. And here's what I'm thinking. When COVID hit, it was almost like a pause button was placed on our lives around the world. Decisions and goals that we thought were important became unimportant. Things like struggling to maintain our foothold on the ladders that we're climbing, they kind of lost their significance in comparison to a child at home, maybe even a grandchild that was trying to learn by Zoom or some other technology platform. Or we thought about our mothers and fathers or grandparents who were very vulnerable and early on couldn't even get a vaccine. So I think what happened is that COVID brought on an awakening of what's important. And I think with the close quarters that we were in, families became more important. People changed their geographical location some moving thousands of miles like I did, to be closer to family with the thought that if something like this happens again, we want to be close enough to make our connections tighter. And I think the other thing that happened is in my interviews, as I'm interviewing women in their 50s and 60s, and they're still in corporate life, they begin to tell me that they were encountering what I call gendered ageism along with sexism, you know, that's been alive and well forever. Many of them were, they found were really far more expensive to the corporation than some of the younger employees because of their seniority. Their benefits were higher. The vacation time that that was taken was longer. And most of us have heard that story of, let's say, the large corporation manager, if you remember who this is describing women in their 50s as dino babies, dinosaur babies, (laughs) when it comes to technology. And there's actually a lawsuit going on this. And I think men would fall into this category too, but they were not being spotlighted like the women were. And I think the other factor is that the younger people in their 20s and 30s were starting to push to take the jobs that these women held because they were cheaper and they were faster at technology and they started to sell upper management. I think another thing is that the women that I've interviewed that pivoted to entrepreneurship, I would say the flexibility to work remotely from anywhere in the world, they wanted their hard work to count And they often started a company in an area where they felt they were really making a difference in the world. And if you think about it, women at 50 or 55 or 60 or even above like me, we just don't fit the mold of our parents and grandparents. Because with working and our careers, 
we have had both responsibility and authority and accountability because many of us have managed people and tasks for years. And we feel like, hey, we've paid our dues and we want more power to make our own decisions and to make money on our own merit. So I think that's what's been going on in the world. I'm a little different because I'm still president of that large company, but I've also started this small company to help women progress and make it easier for them to get from here to there. So I've had that freedom and flexibility, but I'm a lot older than most people. And I think for me, it wasn't so hard to make the transition because I had been working from home. But I think all these things that I've talked about are things that have really affected women today. And I think that's the kind of stuff that is still hanging over us and going on. Yes. So much of that resonates, right? We move just for lifestyle and overhead, right? California kid, you were just used to working to live and going, wait a minute, when COVID hit, we kind of freaked out, like, what do we want to do? And so sold everything, moved, no overhead. Like, wow, this is so different just to have that freedom of no overhead, right? My water bill in San Diego was $1,000. I'm on a well now. I don't have a water bill. Like, what is that like? $12,000 a year just in water, not bottled water. That was just water out of your sink. So crazy, crazy lifestyle shift. I lived in uh, San Diego for 25 years. And I used to look even back then at my electric bill and it was like $500, yes. $600 a month. Just being conservative, you were turning lights off. How are we using that much? <laughs> yeah. Susie, an interesting question for you, if you don't mind a question back, with downsizing like this and cutting your expenses dramatically, what have you found you've done with the money? So I have a wealth strategy. So I have three different financial coaches, right? So one's works with me on my stock portfolio, my investment strategy. The other one works on my retirement strategy. And then we have a real estate investment company. So we invested in more real estate. We just closed on a property today, right? Again, paid cash for that. So we don't have overhead of having another payment, but the income of that payment, which historically has done better than my stock portfolio. So when I look at long-term versus short-term and the freedom to take more time off, The savings on the monthly overhead has given me more freedom to go, I think I want to take a four-day weekend, or I think I want to take the month of July off. I'm taking the month of July off to go, I don't have a big overhead where before it was like, I want to take some time off, but I have this overhead. You got to be in that grind. So I'm adjusting, right? There's all kinds of things adjusting and culture shock, right? And Nan and I were talking in the green room. It's rains here. She's in Washington. It rains there. It's like, we're California kids. Like rain, I don't, like we get a little rain. Like people don't use umbrellas here. I'm like, they look at me like I'm cuckoo. I'm like, okay, I guess we don't use umbrellas here. <laughs> so I've definitely, it's given us an opportunity to put more away and be more strategic about the income that does come in. Yeah, you get a Columbia jacket with that hood on it. That's what people run. Exactly. You put it on and go in the store. and <laughs> Yeah, and your keen boots. And it's like, yes. fashion, uh, no, fashion has gone out the window up here. <laughs> right, it's yoga pants and hiking boots. That's the yep, yep, attire. Yep. So let's talk about, first of all, let me just go like this, Nan, for having 2,000 employees that you're <laughs> the president of that company. 
Let's talk about what has been in business, right? Whether it's this new business you're starting or previous business or the previous business that you're running. What is one of your biggest learning curves? Some people call them mistakes. I always call them learning curves because I always learn when I'm crashing and burning. So what's been one of your biggest failures? And then what do you take away from that experience? I would say it was while I was managing that bigger company. And I had been traveling because I was doing seminars. So I've been traveling 40 weeks a year. It's pretty hard to manage things back in your business while you're traveling on the road, pretty much Sunday morning through Friday night, Sunday morning through Friday night. I finally hired a general manager. I mean, getting the money to be able to spend that much on a person is huge when you're starting out. Well, I've been in business probably 10, 12 years. So it wasn't just starting out, but still even growing to that was hard to do. I did hire somebody. And again, I was just thankful for what I had, that I had somebody watching the shop and managing the staff there at the office while I was still out traveling. What I found is that she really didn't have the right experience for managing and ended up getting me into serious financial trouble. To the point where she had been writing the checks. So when I looked at the checks that were going out, everything looked like it was doing fine, but she put them in a file drawer and didn't send them. So it's finally when everything came crashing down on me that I realized I was in huge, super trouble. And I was about $300,000 in debt. It wasn't three, it was 100,000 in debt. So that I was felt like 300. <laughs> I felt like 300. So that was huge. I would tell you the only thing that saved me and saved the company was that I had applied for a loan that I didn't think I would ever use. But I thought I'll just have it there as a safety net. It came through at the same time. And I was able to take that loan, pay things off, get everything restructured, and I survived. But I will tell you, it was the hardest thing I think I've ever been through. And so then what did you learn from that? What did you take away from that experience? Whether it was in your hiring or whether it was you. Yeah, I think it was probably in my hiring in the sense that I was so anxious to get a live body to be able to manage these things so that I could continue to be out there and making the money that I leaped too fast. And that's one of those things where I talked about the high D profile. Well, I've got the high D profile. I don't always take the time to do the research as much as I should. Yeah, I did that when I first hired my first OBM, my online business manager. She could do Infusionsoft. I think everything I saw that was like, beep-boo, 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 because I hate Infusionsoft. Like, I love it in my business, but I don't want to personally do it, right? So she, my, oh, okay, she could do so. Yeah, I heard him that did not meet match culture wise. Did not was like, okay, this is not good. I didn't keep her long, right? But I saw it right away and went, okay, I got excited, right? I got like, oh God, here's my saving grace. And so I love when we share these stories because it's just here's the truth, right? You don't get to where we are in life and in business and having 2,000 employees starting another business, right? This is my 10th business without those bloody knees and bloody elbows of learning the hard way. Do you learn from it, right? That's the key. That's really true. And she had an MBA, but I think she thought she was running IBM because Mm. she was constantly having people in team meetings and doing things like that. 
that maybe an IBM could figure out the extra time to do that. But when you have a smaller company, everybody has to be hitting it 27, you know, in the sense that you really have to be doing your job and moving everything forward. And I think that's why it was a combination of having people refocused over here to team building versus making money. Yes. Entrepreneurship is different than corporation. It's just not the same. That's awesome. So let's look at what are your best tips in business for women in, I always say it in our new season. I'm in a new season, women over 50, right? And running businesses and entrepreneurship. What's your best tips for us? The bottom line is this, be kind to yourself. So here's how I would look at it. One would be appreciate yourself. Recognize how good you are. Two is accept yourself with all your liabilities, like the high D thing we're talking about and the shiny object and all the thing that I have to constantly fight within myself. But hey, I am who I am. I really feel like we're in a unique period of time. So I would say make a plan and work the plan. And then four would be liberate yourself. Just because it's always been done in a certain way doesn't mean it's the right way for you. Five would be, and I honestly do this, tell yourself every morning that you're going to have a fantastic day, that you're brilliant at what you do, and that you will be highly successful in your business. I do that every day. I do that before I have to go give a talk. I do that self-talk. And then the last one is, hey, tomorrow's another day. And you know what? I'm just thankful I have another day. Yes, I know. I'm very focused on what goes in my mind. And my man always says to me, Susie, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. I'm like, yes, it is. We choose. It is rainbows and butterflies. Don't you see them? They're right there. You can see those rainbows because it rains here every day. Right. (laughs) I love it. And it does shift your mindset. It shifts the way your day is going to go. It shifts how conversations go with your customers, with your vendors, with your team members right? Fake it till you make it until you own it as a skill set. So let's talk about, because in this season, right, what I love about this podcast is we talk about the truth. My philosophy is wealth is your birthright. And so let's talk about some of your wealth strategies that you've put in place to help you get where you are, right? Which allow you to run a company and then build another company. So what would you say is your best wealth hack that you do? Well, we can talk about managing our money. I hire a wealth management firm because I do not want to even think about learning how stocks work or don't work. It's kind of scary because in a way you're putting your life in their hands, but you have to recognize if that's not your expertise, then let somebody else do it. And just watch your reports and right. see how they go. The, I think the question is different for me as well. And that is running a business really gives you the opportunity to grow and to make money. And my salary for the company that I'm president of helps me do the other things that I want. Because right now I'm president of the board. It's not like I have to do all of the day-to-day. I don't have to travel 40 weeks a year anymore. Thank God. (laughs) Well, and I did for 30 years, but I have some great mileage built up. I'll tell you. The issue is that I think that we have to have that salary basis if we can to get it up to a level where the company gives us our benefits 
We can take so much of our benefits, not just vacation, but I'm talking about healthcare, all the things that you have as part of running the business. If I ask what's really the best way to make money yourself, I think that's it. It's just got to be keep your head down and just keep swinging. Yeah. And there's somebody else to help you out managing it. You can either learn it yourself and you can take 10 years. I always say with my students, I'll shave 10 years off your learning curve. You can either do it the hard way. You can bring me on. Is it an investment? Yes. But at the end of the day, we'll make that money. Same thing with my wealth strategist as well. And what I learned in my own strategies, I had a market collapse in 2007. I was too heavily invested in real estate. I wasn't diversified enough. I had a business, real estate investment company plus my stock, right? And a savings, traditional savings, and then a money market. And too much of our wealth was tied up in real estate and leveraged real estate, right? It wasn't now, I'm like, I'm paying that off. If I'm going to get it, I'm paying it off. So I think it's important to learn. And because you've been playing at this game called wealth strategies, it doesn't take you as long to recover because stocks dip, my stock portfolios tanked, and then they came back up. Wealth is a long game, not a short game. I think, though, that that is scary when you get older like me, because you recognize you don't have the years. You have 20 years to do it, rebuild it. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if I have 10. So I think the issue is that you've got to safeguard what you invest in as you age. Don't take the same portfolio that you did 20 years ago. Take a portfolio that might be a little safer, even though you don't make as much money if you get older, because you just don't have the time to play it out. The market crashed in 2007. I was 45. And I just remember Nan bawling, going, I don't have 20 years. I don't have the stamina to do it 20 years. What it took to build that first nest egg. And then I say it was God told me that, you know, money, you're good at this get up because I was on the floor crying, get up, go do what you do. And so realizing that when you're seasoned, (laughs) you already know what to do and what not to do. Much more conservative, right? Because I got my ass handed to me, much more conservative than when I was in my younger days, because I had that run rate. Even though I had the run rate when I did lose it, I'm like, holy cow, I do not want to ever experience this again. Yeah. (laughs) What would you do differently now looking back, right? And just the ebbs and flow of building your wealth, what would you do differently? Probably not spend as much, save more. But you know what? My life has really been an e-ticket ride in so many ways. Yeah, I've worked my butt off. Traveling 40 weeks a year for 30 years is not an easy way to do it. I missed a lot of birthdays. I missed a lot of school conferences. I had to call home every night. Time zones were always different. So it has not been easy, but I don't know. I think that's part of the answer. Yeah, I agree. It's allowed me the privilege of seeing the world on somebody else's dime, right? I like paying for experiences versus buying random shoes or stuff. Pay for experiences for my kids. I don't want to buy them a present. I want to buy them an experience. Looking back, because I the same thing, I traveled every weekend, so... The things that I did do is make sure I take a picture when I was there. Like, I was here. (laughs) Well, I have to say, though, you'd think I would be sick and tired of it is I think I have more than 5 million miles that I've accrued to date. And of course, I've spent them most of all of them, but I've had 5 million on American, 2.5 million on United, 
So I really have put in the mileage and I have traveled by on those miles all over the world over and over again. In August, I'm going to Iceland, Denmark, Norway, and then on a cruise. And then I'm going to go down to England and I'm going to take another cruise and I'm going to go to, let's see, England, France, Spain, and Portugal, which I've all been on miles. Yeah. That's that's awesome. So look, that's a wealth hack right there, right? Don't use your debit card, right? The thing about that's nice about debit card is you got to pay it off, right? Because if you don't have the cash, you can't spend it, but treat a credit card the same way. That's what I do. I use my American Express, pay it off every month. If I can't pay it off, I shouldn't be buying it, right? Or spending it. So that's a great wealth hack. That's awesome. And so then what are some actionable items we as women, if we're interested in starting our business that we can take away? If you think about what's the purpose of a business and the bottom line is it's to solve a problem, a pain point and get paid to do it. So as a career woman and or mother, you already have the skills to help people solve problems. Now, when you think about that, that's what the business is all about. You've been demonstrating your skills on a daily basis. You certainly have, Susie. So think about the skills that you already have. If you can monetize your skills, you're already ahead of the game. Now, I have written a book and a course about this topic because it's part of my passion stuff. One is, I would say, an actual item. Discover if entrepreneurship is right for you. Now, it isn't right for everybody. You can't say, oh, yeah, this is perfect for me and everyone else. So my thing on an actual item would be talk to women who started businesses and ask if they think they made the right choice and ask them what they feel it takes to be an entrepreneur. Then another thing you can do is listen to the Trailblazers in podcast or on my YouTube channel. I've got it both on podcast and view on YouTube. On YouTube, it's called Trailblazers Impact Interviews. Susie's there. And go to the playlist for women who have pivoted from a career job to entrepreneurship. And if you have trouble finding it, you can just go to our website, namakayconnects.com. And you go to the Pivot to Soar series under the Inspiration tab, and that's where you'll find it. I think the third thing is make a list of the knowledge, skills, and abilities that you have that you currently possess. Those are called KSAs, Knowledge, Skills, and Abilities. And then check off on that list which ones that you feel are marketable. Now, number four, in my course, it's called Choose Your Dream Lifestyle Business which you can access from my website. I go through how to choose a business with ideas and techniques to determine which businesses to choose. And what you're really doing is then matching your skills and your passions with that business, with the right kind of business for the right fit. If you would need this determination and perseverance that we talked about right at the very beginning, then you're going to have to have something that you love. I think that's really the best things I could say. Yeah, that's awesome. And so you're mentioning your courses, you're mentioning how to get a hold of you. So it's trailblazersimpact.com. And then, no, you know, it used to be I changed it. Oh, you changed it. Okay, now it, now it's your name. Yes. It'll still reroute to there, but my website is now called Nan McKay. That's my name, 
connects, plural.com. And I've done that because I was just starting out with the podcasts and the YouTube channel and interviewing women. And I talked to you, if you will remember this, offline. And I said, you know, Susie, I just got to make some money with this. I got to offset these expenses. Otherwise, I'm paying everything out of my payroll, right. my, my paycheck. I got to do this. So that's where I started to say, I've got to broaden what I'm doing. So I actually have a new book out and that book just came out this week. Congratulations. So, oh my God. This is one that I've had in development, in writing and editing a billion times, it seems like for about a year. So let me tell you a little bit about it. It's targeted to women over 50. I just told you I'm in that category yeah, on yeah. the upper end of it. And I have been an entrepreneur for really over 40 years. So that's where I'm really interested in helping women who feeling that they might want an online lifestyle business that's really going to bring some joy and some pleasure in their life. They're not going to have to constantly deal with that gendered ageism and sexism. They're making their own money. And that's why I've called it gold in the golden years. And I've developed what I call a four-step model, and it's called SOAR. Now, the S stands for set your goals and soar to success. The O is for organize your launch and growth. The A is for acquire your right fit client. And the R is for realize your destiny as you multiply your income and impact. So the book has two parts. One is how to determine if entrepreneurship is right for you. And the second one is how to launch and grow a business. And it's a step-by-step -step blueprint all the way through with everything I have learned and all the mistakes I've made. The whole intention is really to make your life in building and growing a business easier and more fun. You didn't give up everything over here and your salary and everything to come over here and not enjoy it. So it's a comprehensive four-step plan which is definitely going to provide you with that blueprint that you need to launch, operate, and then grow a successful business, whatever business development stage you're in or whatever business you choose. I really feel like after I have created six businesses and managed them, I've been through the ups and downs and I've had my own. And I created this blueprint of running a business for you to quickly leap into success and know how to handle the downs when they occur as they will. But you know what? There are no failures. Everything is a lesson along the way. But with this blueprint, what I'm hoping to help people do is just make fewer lessons and get more fulfilled. Learn from our mistakes. Don't yeah, make your own business. Exactly. Because you have more certainty. And I would tell you right now, you can get the gold in the golden years book in reader format. You know, it's like that e-reader thing for guess what? How much? A dollar ninety nine. Oh, that's Amazon. Now the price is going to go up soon, but if you order it today, it's only a dollar ninety nine. And I would really love it if people could just leave me a review. Because I think you're going to love it. And then the hard copy is coming out soon. So it's something you can touch and feel. Very exciting, Nan. Thank you so much. So I appreciate you. Again, go to nanmckayconnects.com 
And so all the deliciousness there, the new course, the brand new book, which we're very excited about. We've got webinars, we've got courses on YouTube. So we're here to help you, serve you in any way that we can. We are your partner in the journey. You're in business for yourself, not by yourself. If you love this and you know someone that is seasoned like us <laughs> and needs Nan, I want you to share it. Share it on all our social platforms. Give Nan a thumbs up on her social platform too. She'd love, love, love to hear from you. I'm your host, Susie Carter with my guest, Nan McKay, and we're here to help you grow a business and make wealth your birthright. Until next time, I look forward to seeing you, Nan. Thank you again for all you do in the world. And we thank you, Susie. And thanks for all you do in the world too. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Power Your Profits podcast. Let these building blocks from today's most successful industry leaders equip you with the necessary resources and tools to finally establish the highly profitable business of your dreams. Want to hear more? Listen to more episodes at https colon double slash poweryourprofitspodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the show. Now is your time to rise to the top of your game. So be sure to catch our next episode. Until next time.